Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. Denver's a bit funky. This is my my goodness. That might be the play that gets him going. Yeah, absolutely. Jamal Murray expressing (laughs) himself. My goodness. Reverse flush and ain't that a smooth one. This all goes, and I hope I have no friends. And his response was, I'm sorry, I just wanted a frosty. I want Tyler to know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his last. How dare you? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday morning, folks. We have all the action covered from a three-game night in the NBA. I'm Mo DeKill. I'm joined by Wadney Lambre and Rob Lopez. Coming up on today's show, lock, locker rooms are shutting down. We have double overtime in Atlanta, and the Bucks decided to take a night off. But first, the Jazz stops playing in Utah tonight. Raptors 101, Jazz 92 in Utah. Raptors with their fourth straight win. They closed their five-game road trip with a 4-1 and record. Currently sitting nice and comfortable in the two-seed, three-and-a-half games up on Boston. little bit of bad news, though. Two minutes into this game, player of the week, Norman Powell, twists his ankle. Kind of sucks, man, Waz. He's been having a good run for the Raptors, was killing it in their last game, and then just sort of tweaks his ankle right today and at very early just kind of screws them up. Siakam, Lowry, and Ibaka, though, all stepped up, had monster games for the Raptors. Jazz five-game win streak snapped. Donovan Mitchell and Michael Conley struggled from the field tonight, 8-28 from the field, only shot two free throws combined. It was another low field goal attempt night for Gobert. But Waz, I got a question for you. Looking at the Raptors, 4-1 record on this five-game little five-game road trip, man, how much do you believe in this team? In the Eastern Conference, they they got what you would call, you know, sort of in a cliche way, a puncher's chance, right? They're the best de- – to me, they're the best defense in the Eastern Conference. I know the Bucks probably lead them right now in defensive efficiency, but I like their versatility, right, both on the wings – and at big man position, if, if, if Embiid wants to try to bruise down low, they can throw Gasol at him. If they got guys with a perimeter heavy attack, they can put Ibaka out there who still, even at his age, moves his feet quite well and can work on the perimeter. Obviously, their wing depth defensively, you're talking about OG, you're talking about Hollis Jefferson, you're talking about obviously Pascal Siakam, and that, not even to mention Cal Lowry who, can guard two positions oftentimes on on, on, on most nights. Uh, I just like their depth defensively and the versatility. So as the best defensive team in the conference, they got a chance to do some things. I just don't know that they're going to have the firepower necessary in a tight playoff series against Philly and, of course, the Bucks, um to, to get it done. And, 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 and I would even throw Boston in there as well, obviously. Uh, I think offensively they're going to struggle. You still holding on to that hope in still, Philly, still, man. That's still, a, you're, still. You're, until they you're, tell you're, me Ben you're, Simmons you're, is not coming back for the season, I still got hope in Philly. Yeah, you're a brave man, and you even braver. I, I'm not with you on the Raptors having the best defense in the East. I'm still on the Bucks train there. I understand what your point, though, about their versatility. They definitely got a lot of that, and they were able to kind of show it tonight. I think that's part of why. Connolly and Mitchell struggled from the field. I mean, they're, they're getting harassed by Lowry. I mean, Siakam's length, OG on Although he didn't play really well, uh, 
offensively, it's not like he's an offensive juggernaut, was really good defensively. And speaking of him, him and Rudy Gobert got in a nice little uh, fake NBA fight. Yeah. It was, it was pretty back. interesting. Hold me back. <laughs> it was pretty interesting, though, because it went, you know, a couple of plays before all this happened, Ananobi had a huge block on Gobert when he rolled to the rim, and it looked like, Gobert was about to get a dunk and Ananobi comes up with that block. A few plays later, they're running down on, running back down on defense and it looks like Ananobi threw he, an he elbow did. at, did he, did he connect? He I couldn't connect, tell if he hit him or not. Even if he did, he grazed him, but the intent was absolutely there from the replay. Right. And that's what led to the, to the little mini scuffle in the paint, um, which eventually leads to Ananobi getting ejected. Gobert got to stay in the game. At this point, though, it's a five point lead, couple minutes, a couple, you know, about like 30 seconds left. Uh, and the Jazz just weren't able to overcome, man. And really the Raptors did get lucky that 21 turnovers was for, uh, excuse me, 20 turnovers, for 21 points for the Jazz. I mean, they kind of got away with that one. Yeah. The Jazz couldn't capitalize on their turnovers. Uh, they sort of squandered a great um, Ingles fourth quarter where he had like about 12 straight. He was knocking down pull-up threes. He was getting into the lane off a of pick and roll. Uh, it's just I, this team just seems to be in a bad malaise, and it's not it's not looking good for them. And you know, to get back to what we were talking about with Toronto and their defense, I think another thing you got to take into account, Mo, is Nick Nurse is absolutely the most creative mind defensively that we got in the league right now. So it's not just the talent. You got to look at the coaching advantage. And even in a game where tonight where I don't fully understand the McCall minutes, I know he was plus 19, but you're not going to convince me that he had anything to do with that. Um, but <laughs> they just get it done defensively and they do what they have to do. They're matchup dependent. They don't stick to one system. They tailor fitted to their opponent. And tonight you saw that, that OG block you mentioned, like this guy's coming from the wing and blocking one of the biggest dudes in the NBA at the summit. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And, you know, I know I'm with you on the Nick Nurse coaching uh, altar there. I'm a big fan of his. Raptors overcame their turnovers by out-rebounding Utah 53-34. to Pascal Siakam finished with 27 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, but 5 turnovers. Serge Ibaka, 27 points, 13 boards. Kyle Lowry, 21 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. For the Jazz, like you mentioned, Joe Ingles got hot, led them with 20 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, all off the bench. Royce O'Neal, 15 points, 7 rebounds. Rudy Gobert, just a paltry six points, four rebounds, one block. Like it's just not happening for him. They're they're struggling a little bit with with getting him going. Nuggets one oh nine, Bucks ninety five in Denver. Check this out, Waz. No Giannis, no Chris Middleton, no Brook Lopez, no Dante DiVincenzo. They all got a night off. Bucks fought hard. They kept it interesting with a 30-point second quarter, but, man, they really just couldn't do it. The Nuggets were able to break it open with an 11-2 run in the fourth quarter and never really looked back. But, man, was I, did you see what uh, Jamal Murray tried to do? He tried to murder somebody today. Yeah, that was nasty. That was filthy. Uh, people, you don't think of Jamal Murray as an explosive hops guy, but he's clearly, you know, an athletic talent. Uh, and, and he obviously took those guys by surprise, right? Like he's not <laughs> somebody, it's not like he's Derek Jones or something with a crazy highlight dunk package. He's known for pull up threes. So, you know, I think he caught guys by surprise and, you know, the, the number one rule, man, man, never go to sleep. Yeah. So what we're talking about, Murray tribes, 
drives right towards the middle, rises up and dunks all over DJ Wilson. I mean, it was nasty up until the referee called an offensive foul and waved those two points off. Uh, Murray finished with 21 points. I think the dunk was so good you should have given him the two points anyways. He should have 23. That's all I'm saying. Nikolai Jokic, Jokic had another one of those weird nights. You know, he, he didn't shoot the ball well, but did a bunch of Jokic other things, you know, rebounded the ball well. I finished with nine boards, dropped seven assists. He was kind of rolling there, but was. The other thing that was really interesting was Kyle Korver trying to turn back the clocks here a little bit. None of the big guns playing, so I got a chance for Bud to play with his old Atlanta Hawks buddy, Korver. He hit five threes on his way to 23 points off the bench. But here's something that's really interesting, was. The Bucks have lost four out of their last five. Now, I know we're all going crazy talking about the Bucks are on pace to win 70 games. They got to go 17 and 0 the rest of the way to hit 70. I don't see that happening. But the other thing that's kind of caught me off guard, the Lakers are just one loss behind them in the standings to take over as the top record in the NBA, man. That's kind of crazy. So that's got, this is, leads to the one question, which I'm kind of mad at myself for asking. Is this going to affect the MVP race? I, I just find it hard to believe, even if you want to point to win-loss record, the Bucks are doubling them up in point differential. Like, to put that into – it's hard to even put that into context, how much better they've been than everyone over the course of this regular season. And I've seen that argument trotted out. Well, the Lakers have a just as good a record. They haven't been as dominant as the Bucks have by any metric that you want to use, you know, when it comes to empirical data. Again, I'm somebody who picked the Lakers to – win the NBA championship this before the season started. So you won't get an argument with me about, you know, who has a better chance of winning the championship. But if we're going to make this a regular season award and it's based on regular season performance, Giannis has been the, the superior player and his team has been the far superior team. I don't, I don't even see how these arguments stack up. Like, if you want to do the per 36 stuff, he's killing them in that. All of the advanced stuff, wind shares, VORP, you know, real plus minus, all of that stuff. He's beating LeBron in every single category. I don't see how you can just give LeBron the, 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 the title just because he's come on these past few weeks and act like games aren't played in October, November, and December. Yeah, I mean, that's well said. I, I think for me, I, I still, am good, if I had a vote, uh, which would be nice if the NBA wanted to throw one my way. I don't, I don't see that happening, Waz. But if it does, if you got, if you could make some of your connections in New York and make that happen, I'd appreciate it. But I just don't see it happening for LeBron there. I think just too much Giannis too early. And I don't think we're going to see the end of Giannis. I still think he's going to go off with a few big games down the stretch. Like I said, Corver finished with 23 points, 5-11 from three, four rebounds, four assists. Sterling Brown, 16 points, six rebounds, three assists. Jamal Murray led all scorers for the Nuggets, 21 points, six assists, five rebounds. The Nuggets had six guys in double figures. Paul Millsap had 20 points and 10 rebounds. Jeremy Grant had 19 points and six rebounds. And Jokic with 10 points, nine boards, and seven dimes. Let's get to the news, Waz. We got to get into this. The coronavirus is closing down locker rooms. In the wake of coronavirus outbreak, the NBA plans to dramatically curve access to players in the locker room, the league announced Monday. League notified teams that they'll need to eliminate what the NBA considers non-essential team personnel, including media members from locker rooms, the release said. 
all major sports are lined up with this was. It's not just the NBA. We got Major League Baseball starting up, MLS, NHL, everybody's getting involved. The NBA is preparing for media access outside of locker room settings that includes a directive to keep players and media at a distance of six to eight feet. To be honest, was I'd like most people to kind of just recognize a six to eight feet distance from me at all times if that's possible. <laughs> uh, and it's easy to read this cynically as, you know, organizations in professional sports sort of closing ranks on a aspect of the game that they don't really particularly like that much anyway. Um, I think that's a cynical way to view this. Uh, it's obvious that people are becoming more and more alarmed out there, right? Like you're seeing music festivals yeah. get shut down, um, South by Southwest, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I, I understand it as a precaution. If somebody goes to Clipper games and um, generally don't get anything from their players anyway. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this is the worst thing in the world um, while we sort of, quote, unquote, figure things out, as our president would say. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can't be too mad at this move, man. Yeah, and just to kind of everybody who's like maybe they're overreacting, listen, I'd rather they overreact instead of somebody actually getting coronavirus because if they did, we would be blaming the NBA for how come you didn't put these things in place, how 100%. how dare you, blah, 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 and all of that. So, you know, that's just the way we go. Uh NBA players of the week were announced. Like I said, Norm Powell and LeBron James both mentioned LeBron got – 29 points, 10.3 assists, 7.3 rebounds per game while going 3-0. and Powell, before twisting his ankle tonight, 31.3 points per night on 56% from the field, 2.3 steals per game, also a 3-0 and record. Suns rookie Cam Johnson was diagnosed with mono. He will be reassessed in two weeks, Waz. But the Memphis Grizzlies are getting healthy at the right time. Jaron Jackson and Justice Winslow are expected to rejoin the team within the next week as they continue and try to hold on to that eight seas. Jackson has been out since February 21st with a sprained left knee. This is big for them, Waz. I mean, they really need it. They got a tough schedule coming up. His 16.9 points per game and his 1.6 blocks per night. Definitely needed. Winslow This is hasn't even played for the Grizzlies yet, so they're finally going to get to unwrap their toy and, and start to play with their new, uh, what would you call him, point forward? Yeah, I think that he's a point forward, Marcus Johnson type, if you will. Um, I think, you know, it, it, why this is important, why this is huge for the race is that not only is Jackson, you know, one of the two or three best players on the team, clearly, that's unequivocally, um, him and Winslow represent two bona fide rotational NBA players on a super young team. Like these are, you know, good NBA players, right? Like this, they don't have the sort of replacements to come in and plug and play. And they don't have superstars where, you know, let's just say somebody goes down on the Lakers, the Lakers starter goes down, uh, the next guy coming up, LeBron's going to be able to mask whatever that guy's weaknesses are, right? They don't have right. those, that type of player on their team. So bring it in two, Important rotational guys, you know, bringing them, bringing Jackson back and bringing Winslow in for the first time, it's huge for them. And, you know, they got a stranglehold on the, on the, um, eighth seed. And I think this bodes well for their future. Yeah, this, this is big time for them. Also, the Clippers have officially announced the signing of Joe Kim Noah to a 10 day contract. That means Doc can finally talk about him in a press conference. Joe Kim Noah is a relentless competitor and a proven winner, says Clippers president of basketball operations, Lawrence Frank. His experience and acumen and toughness fit well in our locker room. On to the last game of the night. This was a doozy. 
Hornets 138, Hawks 143 in double overtime in Atlanta. Hawks snapped their three-game losing streak. This one was crazy, Wise. First off, a ton of free throws down the stretch. Devontae Graham hits two free throws to go up one. Then Trey Young gets fouled. He has a chance to win it, makes the first one, misses the second one, and we're going to overtime. Then with five seconds left in the overtime at 131, Young misses a floater that was, I'm, I'm almost guaranteed this wasn't a floater. I thought this was a lob pass to, uh, uh, Herder. I honestly thought this was a lob pass. I didn't think this was a, a floater, but it bounces around the rim, doesn't get the Kawhi bounce, rims out. Hornets get the rebound, call a timeout. Before I get to that play, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, for me, they, that could go either way, man, but it's Trey Young. I would tend to think like, He's an accurate floater and and passer. So if it misses widely, you know that some there was some type of miscommunication or mess up there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm still convinced it was a pass that just happened to hit the rim after the timeout. This was this is where it got kind of weird. You know, the Hornets set up a play. Rozier is driving baseline. It looks like the referee's calling a foul, and everybody's thinking Rozier is going to the line. Lloyd Pierce. Decides he's going to challenge it. They get the call overturned. It turns into an offensive foul on Rozier. And to be honest, I thought it was was. Look, Scary Terry clearly hooked the guy. That's a call every time. It's plain as day. The refs can. That's one of those calls the refs can see every single time when he's standing right there on the baseline. So you know, I, I'm I'm fine with the call. It's called all the time, and it's not one of those things that they only call on role player types like Terry Rozier. They call it on LeBron all the time. I see it called on Kawhi all the time. Um, that's just how it goes. Uh, so it was the right call in my estimation. Yeah, I agree with you on that. The Hawks had one second to get a shot off. They didn't. So we go to a second overtime. Now in the second overtime, it comes down to DeAndre Hunter gets fouled shooting a three. I didn't think it was a great call, but the Hornets didn't have any timeouts left. They couldn't challenge it. It was, it was all over. Hunter gets three free throws. He knocks all three of them in. They go up by three. Hornets are able to get a clean look for Terry Rozier for three. He's not able to knock down the shot. Fouls again, more free throws. Ends up being a five-point game. Young finished with 31 points, 16 assists. John Collins had 28 points and 11 rebounds. Cam Reddish, who's been looking pretty good lately, was. I don't know if you've been catching too much of him. Had 22 points and 7 rebounds. Terry Rozier for the Hornets had 40 points on 15 to 26 shooting. And Devontae Graham finished with 27 points and 10 assists. All right, on to our lines of the night. Pascal Siakam with 27 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Terry Rozier with 40 points, 4 rebounds. Trey Young, 31 points, 16 assists. Waz, who you got? I'm going to go with scary Terry Rozier, uh, 40 points and 4 rebounds. He was 15 of 27 from the field. Uh, he's quietly having easily his best season as a pro, but nobody cares because Charlotte, <laughs> but I, you know, and I got to give the guys props because I, like many people, panned this signing over the summer, thought the Charlotte Hornets grossly overpaid for the guy, but he's come in and you know he's he's improved. He's had his he's gotten his chance to get quality minutes finally, and he's kind of I don't know that he's worth the twenty million a year that he's getting, but it's a it look it's looking a lot better value wise. Um, than it did on the day that he signed it. And so congrats to him, man, on having a fantastic season. That's that's true. I'm going with Jamal Murray. I'm going off the script. 21 points, six assists, five rebounds, and one monster dunk that's not going to count, but that's pretty much going to be the only thing I'm going to remember from this evening's Game of Hoops. 
That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows, Back to Back, No Dunks, The Grant and Taco Show, which is phenomenal, Tampering, and of course, Hoops Adjacent with Big Waz and David Aldrich, plus over a dozen team-specific shows, some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget to follow on the apps to get notifications for new episodes. And I'm telling if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck. You can get all the podcasts ad-free, plus all the great writing across all the sports. I'm talking about the NBA, baseball, MLS, NFL, all that good stuff. You can't go wrong. Get 40% off your subscription today at theathletic.com slash daily ding. You never know when these promos are going to end, so get there soon. Thank you for waking up with us. And Waz, take us home. Ding, ding. Wash your hands and don't make out with strangers. Strangers.